Starwalker Studios presents Game Master's Journey, a podcast all about tabletop role-playing games from the perspective of the captain's chair. Joshua Brown returns to the show today to discuss the Star Wars RPGs by Fantasy Flight Games. So join me on the journey. Together, we can become Game Masters truly worthy of the title. Hello, listener and fellow GM and or player. Welcome to episode 33 of Game Master's Journey. I'm your host, Lex Starwalker. I've got a great show for you today. Joshua Brown is back to continue our discussion of the Star Wars role-playing games. This week, we're going to talk about experience and character advancement in the game. We also discuss high-level play. Does this system bog down like so many other games? Our other topics include running the game when you're not an expert on Star Wars lore, dealing with players who know the lore better than you, and the Force and Destiny beta. Finally, we answer the question, are Force users overpowered and unbalanced compared with other characters as they have been in previous systems? Again, I have to apologize for the relatively poor audio quality in this interview. I was still parked beside that silly black hole and it kind of messed with the signal a little bit. So I'm going to be running with the engines off again to help you hear it as well as you can. And I I did the best I could with the audio and uh, hopefully the, the content is still there. So we'll have a real quick word from our sponsor and then on to the interview. We all have busy lives, and the hustle and bustle of modern-day living can often leave us feeling anxious and stressed. Do you find yourself longing for your free time, yet when it arrives, you can't unwind? Do you feel restless and on edge? Are you having trouble sleeping at night? Are you not finding satisfaction in your romantic relationships? If you are suffering from any of these symptoms, Audible Books is a new therapy that can help you escape from the grind of your routine. You can sit back, close your eyes, and enjoy a beautiful fantasy world, or explore the stars, all without leaving your most comfortable chair. Ask your doctor if Audible is right for you, and take the first step to a richer life today. You can try Audible for 30 days for free, courtesy of Starwalker Studios. Just visit the website for your favorite podcast at starwalkerstudios.com and go to the bottom of the latest episode show notes for details. Audible Books. Enjoy a good book today. So how does the system work at low level versus at higher levels? And I'm using the word level kind of in quotes here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know there's not levels. <laughs> yeah, so there are no levels. There are sort of cumulative XP tiers, Okay, if you think about it. So mechanically, this is really cool. You build your character using XP. Okay. And then you just keep getting XP. So unlike White Wolf, bonus points mm-hmm. and then experience points. Right, right. And ne'er the two can meet. You just build your character from the ground up and it goes. You start out reasonably competent. Uh, you're not the peasant with the pointy stick and, you know, canvas <laughs> clothing. But you're not Luke Skywalker when he leaves Tatooine either. Okay depending on who 
who does it and who staffs him. He's a he's a fairly experienced character before he even leaves the planet. Oh wow, cool. So starting characters can do pretty cool things. You'll have a dice pool of maybe three to four dice. Okay. Uh, in your primary area, if you're an inveterate fan of bards like me, you'll have a lot of three, no fours, no fives. <laughs> if, if you're somebody who perhaps is a little more focused, you may have one attribute with a four or a five, and then everything else will be two. Okay. Um, trade-off, right? Right, right. That This whole system is about You'll be able to, as a group, if you're reasonably combat-focused, you could handle a couple stormtroopers. You see that in the beginner box. If you're more socially focused, don't mess with stormtroopers. <laughs> They're dangerous enough. The minion mechanic the system uses allows for some threat. So at low levels, it's fun, and you can advance very quickly. XP is spent in multiples of five, so five XP goes a long way at low levels. Okay. At the higher end of your talent trees, where things are costing 25 XP, or higher end of your skill progression where again they're costing 25 or so that's a little more challenging okay but it, it's very fun at low the low end i had heard a lot of people say it doesn't work really well at higher ends okay um they introduced concept with the force and destiny beta of night level play which is starting at 150 post creation okay so you create your character using normal rules and then get an extra 150 XP. Wow. Uh, and then add, I think it's 90,000 credits for gear. Okay. Basically enough so you can be sort of the equivalent of a Padawan with a lightsaber. I find that 150 XP is not very much. Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, because of the kinds of games I like to play. So how many game sessions would that be approximately to earn that much xp so the rule of thumb most people use is 5x per hour okay of play so in a typical session which is three to four hours you might get 15 to 20 xp okay okay so 10 sessions okay yeah that's not bad yeah i actually give 25 xp per session okay because i like characters to progress a little more as a test I started a group of characters for a one-shot with a little over 1,000 XP, which would be multiple years' worth of playing. And it was really cool. The system worked. Cool. You had to scale threats. You know, you couldn't throw three stormtroopers at them, expect them to be a challenge. But if you threw two squads of six, it was pretty difficult. And you pick a uh, souped-up dark side inquisitor. <laughs> and it works pretty well. That's the session where we got the huge dice pools. Cool. The big thing is, because the players are more capable, you can have them going to more dangerous places, doing crazier things, absorbing more setback. Okay. Because there's a whole suite of talents that basically just take away setback from actions that can be good at. So if you're a pilot, you can you know, absorb setback from how crappy your ship is or the fact you're flying through an asteroid field. You're just good enough that, yeah, done this before, I'm comfortable. So it allows you to maintain a baseline competency. Did you find it was uh, significantly slower, the, the play, especially in combat at that high level? 
uh, combat actually went really fast. Oh. This is a very lethal system. <laughs> you read the rules and you don't think it's lethal. Right, yeah, yeah. But the way crits work and the way you can trigger crits with lots of advantage, you can pile crits on very quickly. Okay, okay. Uh, with big dice pools. So it becomes very lethal very quickly at higher ends, which is okay. This is where you get the, you know, people losing limbs in duels on in Cloud City or on the side of Lava Field. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's been a part of Star Wars for a long time. So the challenge with that multi-thousand XP thing was nobody built their character, so everybody sort of was learning it as it went. You know, so handing anybody high level pregen in any system, there's a little bit of slower because they're like, what does this power do? But it went pretty well. We played for four hours, had a blast, incited rebellion on a Imperial Star Destroyer, it caused the crew to mute me. They detonated a super weapon on the planet, you know, things like that. <laughs> awesome. So I'm curious, have have they statted out Vader or the Emperor? And if so, how much XP do they have? <laughs> so they've actually deliberately avoided statting okay. any of the characters from the movie. That's probably smart. The closest they've come is in the Jewel of Yavin adventure. You do meet Lando Calrissian and, and Lobot. Okay, okay. And they make a disclaimer. These are not their full stats. These are just the stats for the things the players are likely to interact with them on. okay. And I think that's fine. I tried to stat Obi-Wan at about the level of the worst cartoon series. Okay. He was a couple thousand XP. Wow. And I didn't get everything. <laughs> so the Emperor, I don't know. Yoda, you look at the mechanics and you say, what is he supposed to, what is he known to do? Right, right. And you just start to work back from there and you hit a couple thousand pretty quick. Well, he can force lift an X-Wing like it's nothing. (laughs) Interestingly, you could probably build a character at night level, 150 XP, who could do that. Okay. Not casually, (laughs) but X-Wings aren't that big in this system. Okay. Uh, One of the complaints some people have is that you can eventually get to sort of the Force Unleashed level where you can do Star Destroyers. Whoa. Again, it's not something you can do quickly, easily, casually, but if you really wanted to, the system will accommodate. That's cool. It accommodates a lot of different play styles. Very cool. Well, I'm pretty sure I remember things from the expanded universe, at least, that that were kind of on that level with the force that that people were able to do. Mm Mm-hmm. So, of course, a lot of times that wasn't just one person. It'd be like a bunch of people doing like a battle trance or something, but... But still, <laughs> I mean, the force is infinite, right? So exactly. The mechanics say, or the lore says, you can eventually do almost anything. The uh, mechanics support that. It's awesome. It just takes a long time. Well, I have to say, I'm really surprised and impressed by what you've said about the higher level play because there is a certain degree of crunch in the system. In my experience with other games that have kind of this level of crunch, they tend to really bog down at higher power levels. Like even the, the White Wolf system, mm-hmm. when you got you know up above like rank fives and things, things started kind of 
bogging down. And it wasn't nearly as mechanical, I think, as, as Star Wars is. A lot of that stuff is more kind of narrative. Right. Um, but, but that's really cool. That's, that's good design. <laughs> I think it's really amazing design, honestly. Yeah. Certainly, the, the big thing you have to do at higher levels is recognize that there are higher-powered characters. If you throw chintzy enemies with three dice, they're going to mow them down. <laughs> but if you put them against equivalent challenges, it works really well. And that allows you to do crazy things like have somebody using a battle fleet to ignite stellar fusion while racing against a unicidal droid. Awesome. That, that actually goes really well into what I want to ask you next, which is how, how does the high level play with, with you know, more powerful high XP characters? How does that work with space combat? Because, I mean, the, the ships aren't necessarily more powerful. Well, they probably are. But is the space combat a lot different with more powerful characters or is it kind of the same? It's different and the same. Okay. The, the core mechanics are identical. So you're flying against, you know, two purple, three purple, whatever. If you're in an asteroid field, it becomes more difficult. What, what happens is you can start doing stuff in the asteroid field. You can start having, you know, squads of type fighters playing laser tag with you in the trail of a comet. You can be doing the trench run on the Death Star with a whole lot of attack coming down on you. Cool. And the pilot's able to basically start saying, yeah, I can, I can tune all that out. I can focus on what I need to do. The lethality goes up. This is a system where lethality goes up very, very rapidly. Okay. And space combat is actually probably among the more lethal aspects of the system. Because once your ship is dead, <laughs> the enemy can just do whatever they want. Yeah. So, especially in starfighters, that's always at some level, having the greater skills, having the talents that let you absorb ship strain, mitigate damage, makes it less lethal. Mm -hmm. But if your enemies have similar things, they can punch through those defenses and it can get pretty scary. A duel of highly skilled pilots is a beautiful, brief, horrifying moment. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with the the very brief space combat at the end of the beginner box adventure for Edge of the Empire. And I was really impressed. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Everybody had something to do, even though they're all on one ship. And how they barely got through that alive. And how, you know, the battle's over and, and the ship is still in one piece. But there's all this system strain and there's all these problems that have come about because of it. And it's not a simple thing of, oh, make a repair roll. Everything's okay. Is like, you know, now it's like almost like a mini adventure just getting the ship back where it used to be. And I really like that. You mean like what happens when you can't repair your hyperdrive and you have to go <laughs> to some low class <laughs> mining station yeah. in hopes of uh, making repairs? Yeah. Yeah. I really feel the system and the setting reinforce each other. Yeah, totally. So that's one of the things I like about it. Yeah, I think you could totally play Star Wars with another system. I just don't think it'd be as fun. And it wouldn't be as Star Wars. <laughs> that's my feeling. Having played Star Wars with several other systems. Yeah. You know, the D6 system worked okay for this. It didn't 
quite capture what I liked about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The D20 system had its moments, but this one really captures the full scope of the system or of the setting. Yeah, I agree. So what are some of the interesting properties of the system that, that emerge as PCs gain more XP and, and how do you deal with those as the game master? I think the biggest thing is because you're sort of operating in constraints, right? You have your career and your specialization. You start to see advancement mechanically tells the story. Okay. So as you're moving through your specialization tree, the choices you make are telling the story of how your character is growing, right? But at the same time, as people get more XP, it allows them to branch out. So to pick on our, our friend Luke Skywalker, <laughs> no, he, he starts out, what, as a kid on a desert planet, right? Mm-hmm. So he probably has, uh, people argue, but you could have him be the explorer fringer, okay. you know, and that has some good piloting skills, has some other useful skills. And then say he's a 150 point character by the time he goes and hangs out with Kenobi, gets the droids, you know, he then starts getting force training. So he picks up this specialization related to force training. Okay. He's advancing in that. But then he spends a whole lot of time doing cool fighter pilot things, right? Right. So somewhere along the way, he might pick up a piloting career, say, from Ace. Okay. And so the choices you make mechanically, and as you have the XP to spend, you're becoming a broader character but it's telling this really interesting story about how you got there. Yeah. The other thing you can do, and I put this in an adventure that I never, that the players avoided the challenge, but because this system failure, you're, you're always supposed to be able to fail forward, right? Failure is not just up oh, shucks. You can't do that. Roll again <laughs> until you succeed. I put the play, a challenge for the players where they had to cross a deep, ravine with a raging river at the bottom okay and going down the ravine, going up was hard but possible uh it was based on some of these river valleys in southeast asia the himalayas have treacherous vicious rivers essentially class five rapids awesome and i knew that the players probably were going to fail crossing this river at the well fail at the check okay but I wanted them to still be able to succeed. Okay. And I wanted them to get across the river. So you were able, with the way failure is defined in the system, it was not, okay, you fail your athletics check, you don't get across. It's you fail your athletics check, you take strain. Okay. In pulling this off. And threat and despair reflect you getting pulled away from the group or taking critical injuries. Right. And so as characters gather more XP, there's room for them to really shine in those sorts of situations, because they can do things like reduce the difficulty of athletics checks. Even though I said it as something stupidly impossible, the guy who's really good at it can have three boosts automatically and downgrade it twice. So that sort of thing emerges as they start to cro- cut across classes or careers. Okay, okay. You could follow a thread across multiple specialization that makes you just the equivalent of Dr. Doolittle in Star Wars. You want to be really good at working with animals. You could follow that across multiple specializations. Cool. Or if you want to be the shadow you know, from the old uh, radio shows, you can follow that thread to get 
that sort of personality and, and skills to reinforce that. Cool. So I'm curious as a GM, when you're thinking about adventures and preparing for them ahead of time, like for instance, you know, you, you have this scene in mind where the PCs are going to try to cross this ravine. Are you kind of thinking ahead of time of what some things are you might do if things like threat or despair come up? Or do you just kind of do that all on the fly as it comes up? For big set pieces like that, uh -huh. yeah, I try and come up with a few possibilities. But at the same time, this is very much a cooperative game. Right. So if a player comes to me and says, oh, I just I got poor threat on this. I think it'd be really cool if this happened and I have in my head, you know, you know, you'll take poor strain. I'll go with the more interesting option. Cool. Awesome. So it, it allows that flexibility in the moment. So I have, I have a question here that, that actually um, you brought up as we were kind of emailing back and forth before the interview. And I'm, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this because I, I know at least a couple people out there that listen to the show that this is going to be directly relevant to. <laughs> and you mentioned that you're actually only casually familiar with anything Star Wars that isn't in the main movies. Yeah. I've heard from more than one person who's afraid to run this game because that's them. You know, they've seen the movies and that's about it. So how has that affected you or, or has it? It hasn't, uh, honestly. Um, yeah, I've watched the movies. I watch the Clone Wars cartoon and Rebels now. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Other than what I can pull from Wikipedia or from the games I played back in college and such, uh, which tragically is longer ago than I really would like to think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> There's enough setting material in the core books and in the supplements that you can get good ideas. And even if you don't like any of those ideas, you can tell really cool stories. Uh, as we talked about sort of at the opening, you know, with tapping sci-fi, mm -hmm. tapping fantasy, because Star Wars draws on both. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you want to do the equivalent of Rendezvous at Rama, you can. If you want to do The Lensman and go tap a really old series, you could probably make that work. If you just want to tell space westerns with laser swords and, and you know, stellar wizards, <laughs> it works. Yeah. Uh, in part because Star Wars is such a, it's not Star Trek. It doesn't have, it doesn't worry about physics and science at the same level. Right, right. It's all about the relationships among the characters. You can tell really cool stories. And so I would say if you are not a canon junkie, if you're not Ben, or, <laughs> or people who really know it, that's okay. Occasionally, oh, you, you just make that clear to your players. Say, you know, we may be breaking canon. Yeah. That's fine. Um, I'm currently running a game where they are rebels stealing the plans for the Death Store and getting them to Princess Leia. Oh, cool. You know, I'm sure I'm stepping all over all sorts <laughs> of stuff. But you know what? That's a story I haven't told at my table. Yeah. This is a story that appeals to lots of people. And if they survive it, it'll be worth telling. Yeah. I'm not sure they're going to survive. We're not off to a good start. <laughs> well, another thing I, I've heard more than one person say is, you know, something along the lines of it seems like it would be hard to run a game, a, a Star Wars game, just because, you know, we have the movies and, and all this material out there and all these characters, you know, that are these kind of big movers and shakers in the galaxy. And it's like, well, how could you tell your own story without that getting in the way? 
But I think especially with Edge of the Empire and maybe even Force and Destiny 2, you know, the galaxy is a really huge place. And you could totally tell your own story and never go anywhere near anything that's in any of the movies or anything. Well, and I think that's something, you know, to go to the Star Wars Rebels TV show. Look at what they did with that, you know. Yeah. They bring in some of the canon characters for quick appearances. They, they pass through, move on. You could play something like that. Yeah. You could do what they did with the video games. Go back thousands of years. Yeah. When nothing's been written. Or you can do like what we're doing with Cam's game. We're creating our own sector and this is where we're going to play. Ben did that for his as well. Yeah. It's big galaxy. Yeah. It's, I, I believe it's bigger than ours, right? I think quite a bit. I think so. Yeah. Um, and unlike ours, every planet seems to have billions and uh, of people and yeah well it's very very old so there are so many spacefaring species out there they're just all over the place yeah it's surprisingly easy and i would say even with an age of rebellion you know they point out that the rebellion is sort of this cell structure so you could do a bunch of rebels and never again encounter any of the named ones might be a little dissatisfying yeah i would love for my rebel pilot to sometime get in a you know be able to fly alongside wedge Antilles, maybe that could be kind of cool. Yeah. But doesn't have to. And you can do incredible, amazing things all along the way. Yeah. And it seems like every time I see something star Wars that I haven't seen before, whether it's a book or a game or anything, there's always, you know, Oh, here are some species that you've never seen before, you know, mm-hmm. and, or here's some planet that you've never heard of before. So it's really easy as a GM to just create your own thing, you know, you come up with your own planet or come up with your own new species and it's probably out there somewhere. And I think this is the same problem you see with people, you know, wanting to play D and D in forgotten realms or in Dragonlands. you know, sure. There's an established setting, but there's so much space. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it comes down to a conversation with your players. I think where you just say, look guys, we're going to put tell this story. Everything you, you had up until this point, sure, you can know. But once you're on the table, things start to change. Yeah. And if you are fortunate enough to have somebody who knows the lore of the setting super well, co-opt the heck out of them. <laughs> um, yeah. In my home game, I have somebody who knows it really well. So I make him make intelligence checks. And his character, you know, has that sort of archaeologist background. But because he knows the setting feel special getting you what he knows and what he loves and i get to twist it and turn it and take advantage of it yeah that's awesome that's a great way to great way to handle it because it can be intimidating when you're the gm and and you've got a player that knows the setting better than than you do i've definitely been there before Mm -hmm. but i use them against themselves (laughs) awesome i have gotten through my list of questions here is there anything else about the system you'd like to talk about You know, I think this is just a really fun system. So I guess I would say, you know, find a chance to play it. Yeah. (laughs) Enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Definitely cut yourself slack on your first session because just like with any game, there's probably going to be some bumps in the road. (laughs) Yeah, sure. But it's really generous for those bumps. You know, the narrative nature of it and the way you can use the destiny points really allows you to sort of cushion for GM fail. Yeah. Yeah. If it happens, I'm, I'm sure I'm the only GM who ever has those problems. 
Oh, I doubt that. <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm I'm doing the hard sell on on the starter box here. I'm I'm definitely not getting any compensation from Fantasy Flight Games, but the adventure that that comes with those does a really good job mm-hmm. at kind of easing you into the system as a GM. It's like here in this scene, we're going to show you this mechanic and we're going to play with this. And then in the next scene, we're going to add on this new layer and kind of just little by little kind of easing you into it. The other thing it does really well is it introduces the flavor of that particular line. So the Edge beginner box feels very different than the Age of Rebellion beginner box. Okay. And from what I'm reading, they'll both feel really Force and Death. Awesome. You know, because each of those lines has their different sort of driving mechanic of duty, obligation, morality. Right, right. Each of those adventures sort of plays to the which I think is kind of clever. It's almost like these guys know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, almost, huh? Yeah. So have you had much experience with the Force and Destiny beta? Well, I ran a game. It lasted for about five, six months. They got up to a, a thousand XP by the end of it. Oh, wow. Well, keep in mind, 25 XP per session and more if you do an awesome session. Okay. Um, I ran through that and, and uh, we had three Force users and one non-force user by the end and that was kind of nifty because the force users were cool but the non-force user who was a specialist really stood out cool unlike previous games where once the force users got their mojo it was pretty much all over for everybody else yeah yeah um, here i would actually have a hard time justifying playing a force user in it without a good story yeah they aren't overpowered I would actually say, if anything, they're more versatile, but not as flat-out powerful in their area. Right, because the the way the character development work is force by, mm-hmm. and as a force user, you still have all the skills to worry about that everybody else else has, like flying a ship and self defense and stuff like that. But then you have all these other things on top of it that you've got to sink XP into. Right. So yeah. <laughs> so if you were giving fifteen XP for a session. A force user might spend five on skills, five on points, and five on force powers. Uh-huh. A non-force user will take that pool of five that would have gone to force powers and put it to one or the other. Right. So they're going to be really good, you know, a couple hundred XP in. Yeah. And, you know, I think if, if we were to put it in game terms when we're watching, like, say, the Clone Wars, and you're seeing, like, even, like, uh, Padawan Ahsoka... You know, I mean, how many hundreds or thousands of XP does she probably have compared to like one of the clone troopers? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, she seems so much more powerful, but she's probably at a whole nother tier of development than they are. And that's that's why. (laughs) Yeah, I I would say even though night level play is sort of a Padawan, Padawans of the Clone Wars era, you know, where they've had their whole lifetime right 10 12 years yeah or more of training you know i'd say they're close to five six hundred xp yeah and then the you know guys who are even better than that the obi-wans or the anakins they get very powerful very quickly yeah or, or very experienced which is probably another good reason for fantasy flight to never stat anybody out all the way it's just it's a lot of work yeah yeah well and then it, i i don't know it it's kind of that thing I think we were talking about, about GMs being worried about being confined by the canon, you know, mm-hmm. and if you're going to fill books with 
these uber characters to a GM, it, it's almost like they're saying, hey, you should use these in your game. And, you know, if Darth Vader shows up in your game, he probably should be like a set piece, not something that like the PCs are going to have a battle with. Or if they do, like they have no hope of defeating him. It's just, can we get out of this alive kind of thing? <laughs> they ran a um, adventure uh, called Rescue at Glare Peak. It okay. was an in-store for their Rebellion Day last fall. And uh, they're running again at Gen Con. And I got the chance to GM that at my, at my local game store. And uh, Darth Vader is in it. Okay. He's basically on a countdown. And if you ever run into him, the adventure is over. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and that's it. They just, they just say, beginner characters, if you encounter him, it's just over. Yeah. Because he's traveling with a whole bunch of stormtroopers and Darth Vader. And you know he's coming. Okay, okay. They, they tell you every so often there are updates on his progress because <laughs> you're in an Imperial facility. That's awesome. The Imperials are justifiably concerned about him showing up. <laughs> uh, I, I loved it. It was a great way to deal with somebody who absolutely should be in a Star Wars game, but absolutely should be untouched. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can get in the argument, you know, if my players run into Darth Vader, they should be able to beat him if they come up with a clever solution. Sure. Fine. <laughs> but it works. I think my counter to that argument would be, um, remember the end of the first movie? I mean, he escaped an exploding Death Star. Right. I think he can escape your party of adventures. <laughs> Again, if you come up with a really clever, really <laughs> clever plan, maybe involving multiple black holes. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but again, you know, if your whole plan is how can you destroy Darth Vader and your players focus on that for the entire course of the campaign, cool. <laughs> but if you're not prepared, it's just all over. Yeah. Yep. I agree. <laughs> and, and, but you can tell that story. I mean, that's the, that's the key thing. You can tell that story. Right. Right. Whatever that story is. And, and so I like that. Yep. Well, awesome, man. This is, this has been a lot of fun. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed yeah, I really appreciate you coming on here and, and talking some Star Wars. Now I'm really Jones in the play. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again so much for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for the invite. Do you want to share any of your like Twitter information or anything like that? People want to get a hold of you? Sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter as at Joshua Evan Brown. I also do a exalted, uh, sort of inspired by these Star Wars uh RPG Adventures. I do an Exalted RPG Adventures uh, little game inspiration thing at Exalted underscore hooks. Oh, cool. Try and tweet those some ideas for Exalted game. Very cool. Well, maybe I need to have you back on to talk about Exalted sometime. I'd love to. And or Fate slash Dresden Files. <laughs> sure. So there are people who are much better than me for that, I'm sure. But I'd love to. Fate is something I've I've not actually jumped into that. I've read the books and uh, I'd, I'd like to give it a shot, but I haven't run or played played it yet. I'd like to try it sometime. Yeah, it's definitely something that uh, is worth trying and you can tell some really cool stories with it. Yeah. Seems like a great uh, campfire system. Mm-hmm. Except I don't, can you play it without dice? Fate? Yeah. You need D6s. Okay. Because I, I know uh, 
old world of darkness you you could play it without dice if you had to that was kind of cool sometimes you could pretty much play fate without it you'd have to have people who trust trust each other but yeah you could do it okay cool you just would use your aspects to determine success and failure like that cool awesome yeah Well, that is going to wrap up episode 33 of Game Master's Journey. I want to thank Joshua again for giving me his time and having this great discussion with me about the Star Wars RPGs. I am super psyched to play this game. If you would like to reach me, you can email me at gamemastersjourney at gmail.com. Please follow me on Google+, just search for Lex Starwalker. And please follow me on Twitter at Lex Starwalker. You can find Joshua on Twitter at Joshua Evan Brown, and he has another Twitter account at Exalted underscore Hooks for Exalted Adventure Ideas. Please visit the website StarWalkerStudios.com where you can find the show notes for this episode. You can find all kinds of great podcasts from StarWalker Studios there, and you can find a link to our Game Master's Journey Google Plus community. Come check it out. If you enjoy the show and you'd like to support it and the studio and help keep us going, a great way that you can do so is to test run Audible books with a free trial courtesy of Game Master's Journey. You can learn all about that at the bottom of the show notes at starwalkerstudios.com. You can also become a patron of the show. Just click on the Patreon button at the top of the show notes, and that will take you to our Patreon page, and you can sign up and become a patron. Really appreciate all the patrons of the show. You can also give a one-time donation. Just click the pink Donate button at the top of the website. You can also use our Amazon referral links, and you will find those in the bottom of the show notes. You can just click that link, go to Amazon, buy whatever you want to buy. It's not going to cost you anything more. And then finally, a great way to help support the show and help us reach new listeners is to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Just click the iTunes or Stitcher button at the top of the show notes at starwalkerstudios.com. That will take you directly to our page on iTunes or Stitcher, and you can leave your review there. I really, really appreciate it. So once again, I want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. I want to thank you for your support. And again, I want to thank Joshua for the great interview. If you are playing the Star Wars games, let me know what you think of them. Shoot me an email or let me know on Twitter or Google+. I'd love to hear from you and hear if everyone else is as excited about this game or these games, I should say, as I am. So until next week, I hope that you get some good gaming in and uh, play your system of choice or maybe try something new. So until next episode, game on. This has been a Starwalker Studios production, your source for quality gaming and hobby podcasts. This episode's music provided by Cloudwalker, Renfield, Transboy, and Ish. Please see the show notes for more details at starwalkerstudios.com slash Game Master's Journey. 